Let's go in-depth on all things Hawkeyes. This is Hawk Central. On Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Happy Wednesday, Hawkeye fans, and welcome into a special edition of the Hawk Central Radio Show here on 106.3 KXNO. I am your host, Chad Leistico, sports columnist of the Des Moines Register, as always, and I will be spearheading our Iowa Hawkeyes conversation tonight from 6 to 7 o'clock. Wanted to say thank you for your patience as I was on a two-week family vacation. Hopefully you enjoyed my full episode interview with Caitlin Clark while I was away. I really appreciate the insanely positive feedback on that one. All the credit to her, of course. And speaking of Hawkeye icons, I'm thrilled to be joined by another one this week on our radio show. Welcome to Iowa Defensive Coordinator Phil Parker. Thanks for having me in your office. It's been a few years. Yeah, Chad, I appreciate it. Nice seeing you in person here. Um, yeah. Hopefully, you know, you're back off vacation. You're back going to work a little bit. But yeah. uh, Do I look tanner at all? Uh, or? I don't know. I don't know. I don't Hard think you've tell. been outside for a while. <laughs> we went to the Cayman Islands. That was pretty fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's good to be back in Iowa. Good to be back in the grind. And, you know, we're here in the Iowa football building. You're in the grind. I know uh, we talked a little bit before we recorded. You biked your way in here. So, and I know you, you're, I mean, I don't want to, you know, you just turned 60. I hope that's okay to say. But, but you're biking like crazy still, huh? Yes, I am. I didn't know I turned 60. But I guess. Well, according <laughs> to the bio. <laughs> don't feel like it. Uh, but, uh yeah, uh, me and Reese Morgan, uh, we yeah. take our jump on it, uh, our little bike, and take a seven and a half or mm-hmm. forty-five minute ride in and forty-five minute ride in the afternoon. Of course, he leaves a little bit earlier than I do. Well, do you like catch him then, or what? He no, early? no, oh, okay. no. We, we 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 meet up at the uh, <laughs> elementary school and we meet there and okay. we, we take off and we tell our stories from back in Lorraine area from Ohio. That's right. You guys are both from Ohio. Okay. Anything interesting today? What's is it? Just uh, you know, anything interesting topics you want to share oh, from he, your bike rides or what was, tangents do you guys go down? Well, we go from you know. It goes from all the way is uh, back of how far we came from Lorraine, and we're both in into Iowa City. We talked about that a little bit, and then you know as we as we go through the past, there's always something that comes up in conversation of people walking by, and if they're paying attention to us as we go through, and you know it's just kind of fun the way we go it, and we see once in a while we'll see a deer or two mm-hmm. uh, on the ride through, and. Uh, that's the beauty of part of being here in Iowa. Okay. So after your bike ride home at night, then do you, is Phil Parker, you know, thinking about defense the rest of the night or what are you doing with you? you know, do you chill out? Or do you have a little hobby? Anything like that? What's uh, what's the mastermind of the Iowa defense doing in his downtime? Well, downtime, after I get back home, you know, you usually get cleaned up and, you know, it's later in the night. And sometimes I just start thinking about, you know, different things, whether it's football or, you know, should I be on the golf course practicing my <laughs> golf game a little bit? But that's hard to do at times. And, you know, I try to enjoy, you know, doing the downtimes a little bit. If I can get on the course, I do that. Yeah. And then spend some time with uh, – you know my family and i think that's the best thing I, you know sandy is taking care of me for this long so i gotta make sure i spend some time with her a little bit but yeah uh, <laughs> and my dog luna you know so. okay sounds like a pretty uh you got a routine yeah i got a routine, got a routine. You, gotta, you gotta have a routine every day and that's kind of like your defense right we're going to get into kind of how the how the defense has become just so dominant year after year later in, the, in this conversation but it is june 21st as we speak and uh, i know coming up 
is annually one of the biggest recruiting weekends of Iowa football's calendar uh, with a lot of official visits. But beyond that, I mean, I know you can't work directly with players at this time of year, correct? So what what are you doing in uh, as DC um, at you know in June? What what is kind of your focus this time of year? Well, there's a lot of couple of different things that we like to do at this time. You go back and and try to look at your opponents that you the new opponents that you're going to face. Mm-hmm. Um, some different guys in the in the league. You look at Wisconsin's going to be a different team than mm-hmm. you know coming up. We haven't played Michigan State in a while, so we're going to end up you know looking at those guys and really we're just taking a peek and seeing mm-hmm. you know what their offense is like and 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 seeing what we have to prepare for for the. Uh, you know the season and obviously the recruiting part of it is is big you know what we're doing this time but we do spend a little time with our players like today we had a um a skills and drills this morning okay. so we had a t- chance to run those guys through some drills and saw some younger guys and they're moving around and then we'll have a little seven on seven that they go out there and throw and so this was the first day and we'll have a couple oh, okay. more of these um in the future here we got probably two more of these uh, skills and drills before we give them the week off and the week of uh, july 4th and then they'll come okay. back for another three three weeks three and a half and we'll probably do you know maybe two a week you know of skills okay. and drills so they can get out there and actually practice football and then it's fall camp and then it's fall camp oh man is that like your favorite time here fall camp or what's what's like your favorite time of the football calendar the favorite time, yeah. I, I guess, you know, obviously everybody says the, the games. I just think that, you know, when you get in the mode, when you get back to, you know, coming and coaching and talking to your players and and being around them every day. And I think usually when it starts the season, you know, I know that we'll get competitive doing the camp, camp, you know, beginning there for two or three weeks. And then all of a sudden you're focusing on an opponent and, and trying to defend somebody. And I think that's probably becomes the challenge is mm-hmm. doing the every day, the, the, the weekly, the daily things you do preparing for a game. Yeah. So there's a lot of rookies um, coming in. I mean, just probably a couple weeks ago or whatever it was um, early June. That's when they get here usually. So do you, I know you have high expectations for these guys, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's why we recruited them. Yeah. <laughs> do you lay that out like right away? How do you how do you approach these these new guys? You approach them different, each one different, depending on their personality. Do you kind of do you give them kind of a you know? Well, I think you give hard, them an overview, uh, is, yeah. and, and basically, you know, they have to understand what we expect as our standard as as a defense. And the, mm-hmm. the good thing about that is is we have you know good leadership in in our in our rooms and you know look like jay higgins is a good leader starting out with a linebacker group and and you got uh, cooper and you got harris in the back end and then up front you got noah shannon you, mm-hmm. you got you know you got evans you got logan lee logan so lee, you got yeah. so all these guys already know that they kind of help these guys out and try to teach them the you know things that they have to know by going through our program, and I think that's a very beneficial thing for us. I get it. Okay, I get it. Um, I, I'm guessing that that's going to be part of the answers of what we're going to talk about next, which is the Iowa defense. Probably a good thing to talk about with the D.C., I would think. Let's well, talk. well I, I guess you, we can talk about that. But, um, uh, one thing ahead. about go it ahead, is, is um, 
and I, I told him this, uh, you know, probably a couple of weeks ago or a month ago. That one thing about it is, you know, 2022 was that team, and we're a different team here mm-hmm. in the springtime. That we're we're a 2023 team, so mm-hmm. we have to earn everything we get, and they have to understand that we lost some good guys. Uh, to the draft and graduation and that now it starts over again and right now we got to be uh, you know trying to be the best that we can be and, and I think guys have bought into it so far as as we're going to this far that everybody's on track um, doing what they're supposed to do but you know as you go you get guys trying to come off of injuries and trying to get back in the flow of things but the leadership has been really good. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to list off some stats here. So um, let me know if like uh, one of these is like a, a stat you look at or whatever. But one of the metrics I look at a lot during the season is yards per play, both on offense and defense. And two of the last three years, Iowa has led the country in yards per play, allowed 4.34 in 2020. 3.99 in 2022, um, and if you go, if you take it out to a third decimal, it is actually the lowest in FBS football since Florida State in 2012, which was your first year as DC. So that in all of college football, FBS, wow. that's three point. It was like 3.986, something like that. That's a really astounding number. Yeah, I guess I'd, I never looked at it. At do you not? Way. Do you look at yards per play? We do. Okay. We do look at that, um, but I don't take it down to you know how far three back. Yeah, three decimals <laughs> and how far back was the last yeah. time somebody does it? I just try to see if we're we're in some kind of range that is respectable. And, I think it's uh, respectable. Uh, so we're pleased with that. But once again, we you know, can you repeat? You know, yeah. can you repeat that whole thing? And how, how do you go about that of getting the guys to buy in to the system and the routines that you need to do on a daily basis to achieve some some goals? But that is yeah. a, a decent stat. Decent so. stat. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it decent. Led the country. Uh, 1.09 points per drive, best in the nation. Stop rate of 79% on opponent drives. That's drives that ended in punts, turnovers, or turnovers and downs. That also first in the nation. Number one in pass yards, pass yards allowed per attempt. Number two in rush yards per attempt. So, uh, question is, why is and these these are not that far off from from past years, as I mentioned. So, why in your mind has this defense become so successful? annually now from i mean if you look back uh, i think the last eight years you've been one two three four five yes eight last eight years you've been top 20 nationally in scoring defense well once is uh, i think is uh, you know you you have you got to have good players you know and i think we do we have guys that buy in and i think our coaching staff on the on our side is is really good we've been together for such a long time and the continuity in in our room and everybody kind of knows the way we expect to play and i think we have the answers that we need to adjust when we you know think we see things and for us being here such a long time we've probably seen a lot of things and then we have to go back and maybe go back a couple of years and bring some stuff out that we used to do but at least we all know sure. you know we're all we all understand it we've probably seen the problems before we just got to make sure that we get it up and get it solved before you know it's too late but what's an example of that like you something you had a couple of years ago and you bring it back and because and you can because you got the same coaches what, right. Is there a good example well, of that? There's, well, you can just start looking at um, 
the way we line up and back okay. 20 years ago of how we line up and then we just make a slight adjustment maybe up front or a slight adjustment in the back end that somebody might not notice you know like even an opponent might not notice well not, maybe not an opponent but i mean the normal me a normal fan <laughs> that's just sitting there watching the game that yeah. you know <clears throat> what are you guys doing up front what are we doing differently and and i think our guys have bought into you know understanding the game of football and that's where i think we, every year is getting better because our guys are keep on teaching the younger guys how to go about their business mm-hmm. and i think that's very important and be consistent in how you're teaching things okay so that having those veteran guys sounds like that's super important to a quality yeah. defense like a jack campbell seth benson last year we don't have this year but uh is that is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. guys There's like no that. Question. Yeah, and then you you have a guy like Jay Higgins that already been trained by those guys, sure. and, and he's already doing it right now. I mean, he knows, and he he's holding those guys responsible, and which is a good thing. Is Nick Jackson now is here, and and he sees the way it's operating, which is a guy that's we're very high on, and hopefully he has a chance to come in and help us out, obviously, mm-hmm. and he sees it, and and that's the way he's built. So I think the earlier, the faster you can get this thing. You know, going with those guys, I think it's going to help you in the long run. So, how do you so take a guy like Nick Jackson, who's an All ACC linebacker, comes in with a lot of credentials, very good player, veteran player, has done a defense a certain way for three or four years at Virginia. How do you get him to play your way and and teach him like I know because you know you do the angles thing, you do you know you do do some different things, but it, you know football is a simple game, okay. right? Um, you only got we only have eleven guys that we got to line up on, and we have eleven. They have eleven, so you can only have so many things you can do. Mm-hmm. My dad used to tell me it's a very simple game: tackle the guy with the ball. <laughs> and 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 and, it, and it's really sometimes simple as how to you know how do you run to the ball? How do you go inside out on the ball? And and where's your eyes? And I think we train a lot of our guys, and you know where where are you looking at of mm-hmm. trying to see. Where do you think the play is going? It's nice to know where the play is going before yeah. it happens. And but some guys, you know, it takes a lot of study and a lot of a lot of uh, you know over and over and over of uh, practice and understanding and watching and in the film room and having discussion with with each other. Mm-hmm. So the communication is really good. Okay, so let's say let's if you started over at a brand new program, let's say, and we're defensive coordinator at you know school X, whatever. How long do you feel like it would take? to kind of implement what you have got going here is kind of what I'm saying, like to get that institutional knowledge or, you know, to play at the level you play at annually on a base, you know, on an annual basis. Well, you know, obviously for me being a competitor, expectations is that, you know, I know when we came here in 99, obviously we didn't have it the way we wanted it right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, but as we gradually moved on and then, you know, have some guys coming into the uh, the defense and, and helping us and getting to where we needed to be, um, it, it takes some time, you know, one, two years to get to, you know, okay. um, to really say, hey, this is what we're, we're trying to do. To get everybody on the same page, I would think it would take at least, you know, one or two years to get, to get them going, to have everybody buying into what you have, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, as I mentioned, the the scoring defense ranks um, the last eight years, you know, 19, 13, 17, 11, and then the last four years, so 19, 20, 21, 22, uh, 5, 6, 13, and 2. And that 2 comes with that 
crazy Ohio State game last year that was you know mostly short fields and whatnot. So um, you know that could have been won easily. But how? Um, what stat was that again? Scoring defense. And that's that's the Say most that important, again. right? What do you want the the rankings? Well, I, I never heard. I haven't heard that. You're, okay, so the last four years, you guys ranked fifth in the country. So in 2019, 10 and, okay. three, 10 and three season. 2020, the COVID season, uh, sixth. 13th in 2021, uh, and then second last year to Illinois. Yeah. Well. Uh, so how did, um, I, you know, when did you see that coming together? I mean, it, it has gone from, you know, late teens, maybe 20s even. I mean, for, 2014 defense wasn't the greatest. Um Right, I think there's up and down seasons. But how did it? Did you see it click like at some point where it's just now it's like top top six, top five, top two? You know, I don't think we ever kind of look at in that realm. I think when we when you start going ahead and putting a, together a defense, you look at the guys you have and and you're coaching each guy separately, right? Mm-hmm. But together, and how can we be the best? And so I guess we never really go back and say, hey, you know, we did this, you know, three years ago. We we should be this this good. Mm-hmm. Every Like I told you earlier, it's like, hey, this is not the 2022 sure. team. And we don't have Jack and Seth sitting in there as, as a, you know, inside linebacker. So we're going to have to adapt and, and hopefully that these guys take the challenge on mm-hmm. and say, hey, we're, this is a standard that we want to be at. And that's our expectations right now. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Hawk Central from the Des Moines Register and KXNO. I'm Chad Leistico talking Hawkeye football with Iowa defensive coordinator Phil Parker. Uh, thankful for his time here today. Um, question, this is another um, little curveball question, but would your defense be even better if your offense was better? I mean, you faced 883 plays on defense last year, and that's with you guys getting off the field quickly with a lot of three and outs, and the offense only ran 772. So you're facing a lot more plays than your offense is running. Um, is that – have it's almost more insane that your defense has been that good because you've been on the field so much the last several years. I think you go back and look at it, I think that's probably about the average on the defensive time that we're on the field anyways over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's sometimes you go up and down as far as how many plays you do. But one thing that uh, you know, my mentor was, you know, Norm Parker always mm-hmm. said, you know, our job is – you know, you're like firemen. You don't yeah. ask who started the fire. You put the fire out. Yeah. And the challenge to us is, you know, every time you're on the field, is our objective is not to let the guy score. Yeah. And that that's what we have to do. And I don't think, you know, I don't think any of our guys sit over there and say, God, we played, you know, 780 plays or eight, uh, you know, 83. Yeah. 13 so I, games. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, the more you get out the field, and it depends what happens off the field they get the ball back and you know, maybe there's more time off the clock um you know i don't keep track of all that stuff all i know is <laughs> if they're on the field over there on offense we got to put a defense out there and stop them yeah uh now kirk's philosophy on offense seems to, you know that's it's, they've basically articulated this it's kind of protecting somewhat protecting the defensive ball control offense and punting they don't want to make turnovers and give the opponent short fields and that's helped you guys a lot over there if that wasn't the case let's say you're you know dc you know for like a running you know running gun type team um you know do you feel like your metrics would be damaged by that or do you think they'd be similar i think you know the way we play defense i think i would expect them to be very similar to what we're doing yeah um 
whether an offense is spread offense or more of a running thing, I think, you know, my expectation is what we have to do over here is we got to stop them from scoring. So I really, you know, don't, my expectations wouldn't change based on what our offense does, you know, because, you know, every team that we play, we got to defend what we're seeing. Yeah. So it's a little bit. You're right. It's yeah. independent. It's, in, it's, it's independent it's, variable. It's it's independent a little bit. And, you know, I got a good buddy that you know, likes to throw the ball all over the place and they score, you know, but that's not, you know, to me, it's I guess it's it's different. You know, on like the way that he talks about offense to me and the mm-hmm. way we talk. You know, it's just like, hey, we're trying to limit the times they can score points. And we're big believers of not giving up big plays. And we think, yeah. you know, I think we gave up maybe 15 explosive plays this year, which is probably one of the top in the country, I think it is. But that's 25 yards or, or more. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you start looking at statistics over the last 10 years. If we do that job two or less, I mean, we're giving up 13, 14 points a game. Yeah. No, and we're like 80, you know, whatever the thing is, it's over 75, 80% win mm-hmm. percentages. But if you go three or more, we're like 22 and 19. So, you know, so don't give up big plays. Yeah. So that's that's the way we have to look at it, you know. And <laughs> well, that's and the way we second, do. You're near the secondary coach, so yeah, can, I'm sure you preach that, yeah. here, you know, here and there, I'm guessing. Yeah, just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> is that like the worst thing a guy can do is give a big a big play in the secondary? Well, pretty much least, in your eyes. Well, for everybody to see it, like if somebody's going to give up a big play in the back end, you know, there's going to be seventy thousand people in the stands going to see who gave it up, and there's going to be a whole bunch of people on TV that see it. <laughs> but if a guy up front, a defensive line or a linebacker, misses their assignment up front, mm-hmm. nobody kind of really knows. So right. the one thing about being a defensive back and you get the ball thrown over. Everybody knows that you're the one that gave it up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you got time to talk about next year's team? Sure. Okay. All right, we'll do that after the break. Sounds great. We need to take a break. We'll be right back after this with more conversation with Iowa defensive coordinator Phil Parker. You're listening to Hawks Central on 106.3 KXNO. This is Hawks Central on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central Radio here on 106.3 KXNO. I'm your host, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register, and thrilled to be rejoined by Iowa defensive coordinator Phil Parker. Uh, the last time I looked, last time I was in your office was 2019, and you said in that interview, I'm very happy with what I do. I don't need anything else. So uh, if Nick Saban walked in here and offered you $3 million to be his DC, or if another FBS team offered you a head coaching job, is that something you would consider? Well, if, if somebody would like to do that, I guess, you know, that's something <laughs> that they'd have to, you know, reach out. And the one thing about it is uh, I'm very happy here, you know, with, co- you know, coaching with Coach Ferentz and, and being here. And I think we got a great staff. And, and to me, I'm, I'm always just looking here just to coach my guys, you know what I mean? Sure. And I'm just not really into, you know, trying to travel all over the place and try to be the next guy here or next guy there. You know, if somebody needs somebody, you know, I won't turn anything down. Mm-hmm. But uh, I th- I'm very happy here, you know. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I've always, yeah, I've always wondered why some team doesn't just come in here and, and hand you the keys to their building. But um, maybe they have, and you turned it down. I know you did a long time ago, but well, that's I, way in the past. <laughs> Uh, do you, so do you view do you kind of view this as where you want to retire someday and you know how much longer would you like to coach 
Well, I look at it like this. I, I really love what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've done this thing for 35 years. So I'm like, hey, what am I going to do the next 30 years? You know, I love coaching. And until it becomes a job, then i got to find a different direction. But I think uh, I really enjoy what I'm doing, so it's not like I'm going to work. And okay. so that that's what makes it fun. Um, never like to say retirement, you know. That's uh, Sorry. Yeah, that, that's okay. I mean, like some people, <laughs> what are you going to do the next 30 years of your life? You know, you just told me that you were going to live to 100. Yeah, I did. Well, so yeah. are you going to do this for how long? <laughs> not right? 50 years. So not 50 years, right? <laughs> so you got to figure out what you're going to do for the next 30. And uh, yeah. But I, I enjoy it, and as long as everything keeps on going well, and you know, I'm happy. Yeah, I think Hawkeye fans will be thrilled to hear that that comment. Uh, let's talk about this year's team. We said, you know, very clearly, you said uh, this this is the 2023 team. Um, Kirk Ferentz said in the spring, maybe you were looking for uh, a cornerback in the transfer portal. It does not seem like um, any has arrived. Um, is that quest kind of over at this point? No, I think there's always, you know, obviously we got the guys we have here, and I mm-hmm. think we have a good good back end that we are feel comfortable with now some kids are going to have to grow and some younger guys are going to have to keep on improving but mm-hmm. i mean that's everybody does and uh, whether you play in the back end or where you play up front or you're playing that linebacker we need to, you know guys need to step up and that's what our expectations are is you know you, you we start grooming you when you first come in here now you got to take that step is you got to be ready to step in to replace the guy that left and i think uh you know i think our guys are doing pretty good jamari harris is doing good i think you know cooper back there is really doing good you know tj hall's coming back around uh deshaun lee's out there so i mean we got some guys that are have a chance to help us out so those are probably your top four corners at this point yeah i think uh you know, and there's some younger guys that do, we don't even know anything about that yeah. just coming in and stretching a little bit. You know, just saw them in one workout, so they really haven't done much. But I think there's a there's some opportunities for guys, you know, to have a chance that are younger that might have a chance to help mm-hmm. us out there. Yeah. So do you think? I mean, ideally, Xavier is probably your strong safety, and Castro is your cash. That's probably the ideal scenario yeah. right now, yeah. if if that yeah. works out. That would probably be if we we're playing in that personnel grouping. And I think, uh, you know, Castro's really, you know, jumped up from as far as he keeps on growing as, you know, hey, can he play cash? And then now he's getting a little bit better, I thought, last spring, uh, playing the strong safety. And, okay. you know, we, we also have opportunity to give X a little bit of free, uh, free safety work a little bit because you just never know when somebody goes down. So they have mm-hmm. the capability of, yeah. you know, Hey, you can play two positions, which we always talk about, guys. You have to be, you know, keep your value going and play multiple positions. So yeah, so we we got it. That's a good start with the safeties, and we got Cohen. You know, he's another guy that could play strong safety. And yeah, and I like talking to him. He's, he's like a good he's, kid. He's getting there. You know, so we're happy about that. And you know, we're struggling. Obviously, we're stronger up front. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I would say the linebackers, and you know, it's been every year. We're just trying to make it in the back end. Uh, speaking of the portal, uh, Terry Roberts jumped back in from Miami and ended up at Michigan State, your alma mater. How crazy is that going to be to face him on September 30th at Kinnick Stadium? You got any inside, you know, knowledge on his weaknesses you can exploit or for the offense or? Well, I think the offense probably already knows what the you know. <laughs> the, 
they can do essentially they were playing against him so many yeah. times uh but no I'm, I'm happy for him it gives him an opportunity to come back and play in kennick uh, yeah that's pretty they, crazy it, it's that's unique a little bit so i didn't think he ended up i don't think playing his last game here but he can come here and play but even though he's in a different jersey i think that's you know I'm happy for him, and, and hopefully he does well. Yeah, I always liked him. Uh, so Cooper uh, DeGene already kind of being billed as a first-rounder in the NFL. I mean, um, this very well could be his last year. So how do you kind of squeeze the most out of him this year? What do you – like how do you maximize what he can do for your defense with well, how good he is? I think he's um, – you know, he can play probably multiple positions. That's the good thing about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you only can play him at so many different spots. So I think his best position right now is still keeping there at, 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 as a corner for us. And, for you guys, yeah. But I, he has the ability to do a lot of things. And if he's such a great, you know, team player. Um, obviously, you know, I'm pushing that we, he's got two more years, so that's why I treat him like he's got two more yeah. years here. But, uh, no, I think he's – you know he's he's a special guy and he's he's becoming a stronger leader in the back end with yeah. him and Quinn and X. I mean, so in Harris, you start doing it and now they're already getting their routines going. And so I'm very excited to see where he he goes and how how good he can get. And he still has some room that I think he can grow and it's going to help him out and help us. Yeah, I think when we interviewed him, he he said he didn't have a favor, but I kind of got the sense his favorite position was cash, maybe. So. Just because he's closer to the ball, so do, am I supposed to move him there? No, I'm just saying. I mean, I think yeah, he could maybe. That's kind of your. I don't know. Seems like that's where you can do the most damage because they can throw away from you at corner, right? Well, they can throw away from you at cash too. They can throw. <laughs> they can't always run away from you at cash though. Well, let's get him. So if he wants to get a little closer to the ball, it seems like he wants to play linebacker. <laughs> Uh, five, well, four two five. You kind of are playing linebacker, right? Yeah, he is. You're right about that. But yeah, if if that's uh, and hopefully that works out, I think there's you know he's obviously one of the guys that can jump in and play cash and and depending how you're using them, uh, I think Castro's pretty good inside. So when when you put the whole best guys, you know, the five or six guys, what are going to be the best guys that are going to help us out? And whether the one's going to play a corner with a cash, whatever, you get your best guys on the field. So I mean, I'm really going to have to. It's going to be a hard time. But it's going to be a good challenge, and that makes it hard for me as a coach. And but it, it's good for us. Yeah. Know. Well, that's why I can understand you want wanting to get two really good corners out there so you can move Cooper around can, as best uh, you can, right? That's right. And yeah. you know, I think he's and he can probably play multiple positions back there. That's safety. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder what he will be at the next level. I'm not asking you to tell me, but he could probably be about anything. Yeah, I think he has a chance to, you know, to play. You know, we had some guys over here played corner that went and played safety. And you look at uh, Charles Godfrey, he played mm-hmm. corner and went to safety. You look at Micah Hyde, he played corner, he played safety. You got Riley Moss that played corner, and now he's going to play corner, you yeah. know, which is, you know, it's rare. And then all of a sudden you're going to get by – if he does choose to leave early, which I don't think he's going to, but uh, you know Cooper could, mm-hmm. you know, be another corner. Yeah, you know, um, but you know he has a bright future. But the good, the good thing is we're just worried about what he does uh, the, the rest of this summer and 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 you know next season. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah, yeah. It seems like his head's screwed on pretty straight. Um, seems like a great kid. 
who do you see as kind of your bit? You know, you lose Lucas Van Ness to the draft. Um, you know, maybe a little earlier than you hoped. Thirteenth you know, overall pick. That's so crazy. Um, I'm, you know, as a Bears fan, I'm kind of annoyed that he's on the Packers, but that's fine. Uh, but uh, who do you kind of see as maybe your biggest disruptor on the defensive line this year? I mean, he was kind of that guy last year. Um, Deontay Craig, maybe? I mean, yeah, De- Deontay Craig is is a guy that's very productive. You start looking at how many plays he actually played and mm-hmm. how productive he was. He was pretty decent. Um, but you look at a guy who get, who get back, you got Joe Evans back, and mm-hmm. I think that is good. You got uh, a guy like Herkett. He's going to be back fresh. I mean, and you got uh, Black. He's come back. Why? He's, he's healthy. He's health coming Good. back healthy. And so you start looking at Noah Shannon. You know, he's starting to get back healthy. So we're starting to get a good group of guys over there. That And, um, you know, Max Llewellyn, that's, he's a guy that's really grown here in the last, you know, six months that says, you know, he has a, he's a good possibility to help us out so you start looking at all these things that there's a there's a lot of opportunity up front logan lee is another guy i mean so i mean really i think um you know kelvin has been hiding these guys a little bit (laughs) well and they poached logan jones from you so i mean you'd really be loaded if they didn't do that but it's it's all good aaron graves didn't mention him he looks like oh yes i forgot about aaron graves i didn't forget about him i just just wanted to try to keep him under low profile (laughs) we gotta keep some of you guys around do you see what i'm talking about like kelvin hides them yeah you know what i mean he's got so many of them we can't count them no (laughs) that's that's good but uh but i'm very pleased with i mean you look at all those guys up front that what what they do and how they go about their business yeah Sound like Pittman had a good spring, also. Oh, Pittman does. Yeah. You know, you know. Pretty soon, we're going to try to figure out how we're going to get them all in the game. And you know. <laughs> can only play eleven. You told yeah, me that earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're only going to play eleven. <laughs> I don't know if we went ten out there at a time, but <laughs> them D linemen, somebody's got to cover somebody. Yeah, maybe like a five-two. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just throwing out ideas yeah. here. Yeah, I don't know if that would work in today's yeah. spread. That's true. Probably yeah. not. Right. Yeah. Probably not. Uh, get any new wrinkles coming this season? Or, you know, I'm sure you're not going to tell me, but you know, is that stuff you kind of devise at all, or do you just sort of – is it same old – Yeah, no, you can't – Same old, not, same old tweaks. There's only so many ways you can play somebody, and, you know, I think the guys here, we have a – you know, you have a toolbox of what things you can do. Uh, you might not use all the tools in the box, and it's mm-hmm. like the ones at home. That I got a nice little toolbox, but I only can use maybe one tool, so <laughs> – so it's like maybe a screwdriver, maybe a hammer. I'm, I can't use all that other stuff that's in there. So, but it's it's like you're going back to this. You know, you get, don't want to do. You only can do as much as your kids can execute and remember to do. And I just don't think we. Do. I think keep things simple, play fast, and I think guys know what's going on and understanding the offenses that they're playing. It helps them out and to play faster and. And then you can always make little tweaks of little adjustments here and there that, you know, nobody really might not see on paper or might not see on the film that we, you know, what your eyes are at or, you know, maybe your alignment's a little bit different or just little things or how, how you're going to match up a route that's going to be different than what we used to do. And so we've changed some things up over that and over the last couple of years. So, and it's helped us. Okay. Last question. Um, and I'll let you go. Uh, you know, you lose Jack Campbell and Seth Benson. We mentioned that earlier, you know, pretty high on Jay Higgins. It sounds like, um, and Nick Jackson, you know, uh, seems like a really quality guy you're bringing in. Um, how, but it, even, 
if they're really good, Jackson and Higgins, like how much do you still lose? How much is there to replace with Campbell and Benson, who you know were just sort of stalwarts in the middle of that defense for so many years? Well, that's where you know it comes to get to more as a team. You know, we okay. also lost Riley Moss out yeah. that corner, so yeah. I mean, you start looking at it and Kayvon, Kayvon yeah. you know, that's probably going to make the team down in in Tampa. So you kind of look at it, you lost a lot of good leadership, and it's just it's like the process of how you're going about it is these guys, everybody you know does a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If if one guy plays a little bit better up front, maybe you might not have to be, you know, so good at the next level. Or, you know, if this guy, if everybody gets a little bit better and not not to say just one guy has to change the gap on the defense, it's everybody's changing their their standard of play. And that's where I think that's where I think over time, that's why I think we've been successful because everybody's getting a little bit better. Perfect way to end the interview. Well, thank you. Well done. You, you brought it home. Just yeah. like a good uh, article. You know, <laughs> yeah. started, started where you finished. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Now i got to finish my bike ride home later on. <laughs> yeah, what time will you go home then? Like, well, typically. Typically during the season? Yeah, yeah. Or anytime. Well, in, anytime. Now and then season. You try to sometimes miss the traffic a little bit. You might go. If it's off season, it's probably around 536 o'clock. Okay. But if it's doing it in season now, you, you could be taking off nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. So you better hope you're wearing batteries. Yeah, hope you got headlights or reflectors or bright clothes. Sometimes you got to use your phone to make sure you see my ball. <laughs> oh, don't got the thing charged enough. You know? Oh no, this does so, not sound safe. We need to protect the defensive coordinator of the Hawkeyes here. It's, it's on trails. You'll be all right as long as I don't hit any deer or anything like that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Phil Parker. It has been a pleasure and an honor. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Thank you. Uh, I I will take you to the finish line next here on Hawk Central. Thanks again to Phil Parker. Uh, 106.3 KXNO. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central Radio here on 106.3 KXNO. I am your host, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register. Thank you once again to Phil Parker for an enjoyable conversation that stretched over about 37 minutes regarding Hawkeye football. Hard to believe we're less than two and a half months until football season. Uh, A few newsy Hawkeye topics left to discuss as we approach the 7 o'clock hour. First, the NBA draft. That's Thursday night. uh, Tomorrow night, uh, about 24 hours from right now. Uh, For those that haven't seen my piece on Chris Murray, please check that out at hawkcentral.com. It looks like he's going to be a first-rounder. Maybe late lottery, which would be the top 14 picks. Um... It's a really fascinating story, a great story about a kid who could have gone in last year's draft. Uh, probably he pretty much had a guarantee to be like an early second round type of pick, uh, be on an NBA team, maybe a G League thing. Uh, but but he came back, came back to Iowa uh, at the last minute, uh, built his stock, became a first team All Big Ten player, a consensus third team All American, and now is an entrenched. Uh, it looks like a, a, a very probable first rounder could go anywhere from 
you know, absolutely as high as number nine. That's probably unlikely, but he could go very, very much in the mid-teens. There's a lot of teams that like him in the teens. Uh, Utah picks at nine and 16, Oklahoma City at 12, Miami at 18, Golden State at 19, Sacramento where he could be reunited reunited with Keegan Murray goes at 24. The Indiana Pacers have four picks in the top 32. So um, all those teams uh, could use him. Uh, Houston could also use him as well. So we'll see where Chris goes. We'll find out. Uh, 7 o'clock is when the draft starts, and uh, he could become the 10th first-round pick in Iowa basketball history and second in a row (laughs) right behind his brother twin brother keegan so very interesting uh make sure to check out my story um red hawk central uh talk to uh, kenyon murray and his mom or and and his wife uh michelle murray really fun to talk to them about uh, (laughs) some funny stories about uh taking chris to sacramento and uh seeing the reaction of fans who thought it was keegan uh on the day of game one of the western conference conference playoffs so uh, be sure to check that out Uh, another topic uh jack mccaffrey uh six foot eight forward the youngest uh of four children of of fran and margaret mccaffrey um top 50 uh, 50 to 100 national recruit in the class of 2025 uh, tells 24-7 sports that he does not think he will go to the University of Iowa. He says, quote, I made up uh, I made that up in my mind a while ago. I want to get away from home. I talked to my parents and brothers about it, and I think that's the best thing for me. Very interesting news. I mean, uh, he was maybe uh, supposed to be or maybe will be the best of the McCaffrey brothers. Uh, will not be a Hawkeye, uh, it sounds like. I mean, unless something changes uh, from from those close to the situation that I talked to, it sounds like this had this is not this was not a sudden decision. Something that's been in the works uh, for quite a while. And um, overall, I mean, people have asked a lot of people have asked what my reaction is to this, and uh, I would say I, I actually think it's a good thing. And I don't think it's uh, you know a slap in the face of Iowa basketball by any means. Um, um, by the McCaffrey family or Jack McCaffrey. I think it's it's just a kid who saw uh, his brothers, Connor and Patrick, experience a lot of highs being uh, the coach's son, but also uh, it does come um, with a lot of challenges and a huge spotlight. And, you know, one thing I've noticed – you know, with both Patrick and Connor, is uh, they get as much or more scrutiny than any Hawkeye player, and um, you know, for better or for worse. And uh, I, I don't think people uh, honestly respect how good of a player Patrick McCaffrey is. Maybe because of his last name, uh, it's just uh, he is held to a higher standard here, and it doesn't mean. Um, uh, that's a negative to to fans or anything like that, but it's just a different type of pressure. And I feel like uh, with both brothers, you know, those two are closer together in age. Connor and Patrick. Jack is much younger. He's still got two more years at Iowa City West, and so uh, you know, Patrick will be gone by then for sure. Uh, no longer in college basketball, so he's he doesn't have that opportunity to play with his brother. So he's going to create his own journey. And uh, best of luck to him. Uh, already, you know, talked about. Uh, contact with Notre Dame and Ohio State um, right away and, and it will be interesting to see 
you know, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, a McCaffrey get recruited on a national level. And, and um, you know, coaches now are realizing, hey, we, we got a chance at this guy. So um, should be interesting to see. And then, you know, the, of course, the other question that comes up as well, what, what does that mean about Fran's future? And uh, he is signed through the 2027-28 season uh, on that contract that was revealed back in the uh, uh, the COVID year, 2021 Um uh, the extension that, that Fran got. Uh, he is 64 years old right now. So uh, you figure, uh, you know, think about it from a dad's perspective, a guy who's coached division one um, from a head coaching standpoint uh, for 40 years. I mean, with that assistant coach, you know, uh, break, I guess, or not break, but uh, uh, interlude, I guess you could say, uh, at Notre Dame uh, for about a decade. But he's been co- he's been doing this a very long time. Uh, he uh, he does have a much younger wife, and they probably would love to spend some time together. You know, watching Jack in college, if that is a decision that he makes, perhaps in yeah, let's say two years. You know, uh, when Jack is going into college, you know, Fran will be sixty six. Um, you know, does he want to keep doing it? He really likes this roster. Uh, he could absolutely do this for a long time. He could watch Jack from afar. Uh, who knows where Connor will be at that point in his life? Maybe he's on an NBA bench somewhere. He's going to be starting with the Pacers here uh, shortly uh, in a you know very low level role. But you know who knows where that career takes him, and who knows where, where Patrick goes. And then certainly his anxiety is a factor as well. This is a very close knit family, and uh, I think it's a. Uh, I think it just opens up a lot of doors for all of them. And so we'll we'll just have to see where it goes. But uh, you know. Uh, you know, Fran McCaffrey uh, fully committed uh, to this Iowa team. I know they're excited about this team and a huge, you know, very much low expectations, but I know internally um, there is some positivity, the, a really fun incoming recruiting class, got a couple transfers in the front court, you know, Peyton Sanford, of course, Patrick McCaffrey, you know, Tony Perkins, potentially his last year. You know, a lot of other interesting pieces as well. You know, Josh Dix, um, you know, he's he's kind of an up-and-comer now. And, and what will DeSante Bowen do? Really just a lot of uh, uh, just unknowns this year. And that's why I think that's probably part of the fun of the job for Fran. So we'll see how it goes. He only needs eight wins to surpass Dr. Tom uh, or to tie Dr. Tom uh, for all-time wins at the University of Iowa. So he will become the all-time wins leader this year. Uh, I women's basketball. I want to talk about that for a few minutes. Uh, I know a lot of you have asked about the plan for season tickets. Uh, they mentioned uh, earlier when, when I did the story on football tickets, it would probably be June. It looks like that's going to be get pushed back uh, to when they're going to unveil kind of how they're going to do season tickets with the overwhelming demand of like 13,000 of them, you know, right away after the season started. Uh, probably a few weeks away from that being finalized. So just be patient on that front i don't think anything you know no big deal there but uh i know people want to know as well so just uh hang tight you know they're doing a lot of football sales right now too so uh, a lot of things going on and obviously the athletic director changing as well so i'm sure uh, she wants to have a little bit of say into what's going on there as well uh last thing i want to talk about folks uh iowa football interviews beyond what i did with phil parker uh earlier today obviously that was recorded in his office uh the hawkeyes 
uh, brought a bunch of players in for to talk. And uh, Cade McNamara was one of them. Nick Jackson, the transfer from Virginia, was one of them. Rusty Feth from Miami of Ohio, another. Seth Anderson's, uh, you know, the wide receiver says he's 100% healthy. Asked several guys about Caleb Brown, the, the transfer from Ohio State. Uh, sounds like he's a quiet kid, but uh, uh, really, really eye-opening athletic ability. So that's really exciting for Iowa in the wide receiver room. Uh, Cade McNamara also said he's 100% healthy. Uh, you know, Nick Jackson, my early impression is this is a guy that just wants to work. Uh, he, he's definitely um, – not a huge guy and i think he you know so that's a big transition from jack campbell uh at middle linebacker who was basically 6'5 250 uh defensive end in a or a linebacker in a defensive end's body but uh you know so that'll be a little bit different style i guess uh, of linebackers with jay higgins and nick jackson likely on the inside but uh, these guys are wired the right way and uh, becoming fast friends and trying to build that chemistry uh, off the field as well as on it because that's how it worked for Benson and Campbell. And uh, I talked to Feth for a while. I'm going to have a story out on him pretty soon. Uh, he is uh, he's wired uh, in an aggressive way and uh, pretty. Uh, I think that's a pretty uh, good get for the Hawkeyes in the transfer portal. Um. He, it sounds like from talking to him, right guard is probably where he's going to be for the Hawkeyes. So I think you're looking at, a, at an offensive line of of that's pretty. You know, I'm not going to say Rusty's going to definitely start, but I think he's probably going to as long as everyone's healthy. Uh, I think it, it goes Mason Richmond at left tackle, uh, Connor Colby at left guard, Logan Jones. Uh, I, I expect a lot. A lot better things out of him this year at center. Rusty Feth at right guard. And then, you, you know, who knows? At right tackle, Dejon Parker. Could it be Jennings Dunker? Could it be Nick DeYoung? Uh, we'll see. Uh, but uh, the offensive line coming together, especially, I think Feth is a really interesting piece there. Uh, we also talked to Deontay Craig and uh, Jamari Harris and um, – Logan Lee, and who was the other one? Um, I mentioned Jay Higgins already. So uh, that was kind of the uh, uh, the eight guys that we got to talk to. And uh, we'll probably get a few more in July. But uh, really, uh, you know, just a, a real positive vibe from Cade McNamara as well. Check out my 10-minute video on Hawk Central uh, from earlier today. So uh, with that, uh, that will do it for tonight's show. Thanks again to Phil Parker. As mentioned, a big official visit weekend for the Hawkeyes. Uh, we will recap any results uh, from this recruiting weekend on next week's show. And as the summer goes on, we will have a few more assistant football coaches uh, joining me on the program. So we got to run. This is Chad Lystico of the Des Moines Register saying so long and good night. Talk to you next Wednesday, 6 to 7 o'clock right here on 106.3 KXNO.